Ladies and gentlemen, before we begin, please know that this is a spoiler-free review, so listen on without fear. Way back on August 1st of 2014, we were introduced to a little group of heroes called the Guardians of the Galaxy that almost no one knew about. Now they are household names, and two and a half years later, they are back with a sequel. Will the sequel be any good, or will it fall to victim of middle movie syndrome? Welcome to Future Flicks with Billiam. Alright everyone, welcome back. This is not a regular episode of Future Flicks with Billiam. If any of you remember, I used to do movie nights. I've done nine movie nights before, and this is going to be the tenth, where I review movies that I saw. I wanted it to be a regular thing. I really did. But the problem was that I couldn't find the time. But you know what? I am finding the time for this one. Let's start this officially. So welcome, everyone. This is Future Flicks. I am your host, Billiam, and let me give you a little information on what I do, just in case you're new. If you're not new, then welcome back and thanks for listening. On Future Flicks Movie Night, I review a movie that I have seen, and I give it a rating that goes from 1 to 11, because just like Spinal Tap, Somewhat Nerdy turns it up to 11. If you're brand new and this is the first thing you're ever listening to in the world of Future Flicks, please consider giving the regular weekly podcast a listen. On Future Flicks, I go over every movie that's being released during the week. I tell you what it's about, who's in it, and my thoughts on it. I will give that movie a score, also 1 to 11, which I call the Billiam's Interest Level Score, aka the Bill Score. This score is only based on the trailer and anything I've read about the movie. So now you know about Future Flicks Movie Night, and now you know about Future Flicks The Regular Show. So let's get some housekeeping out of the way. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, Tumblr, and any podcast listening app. You can also hear me on the Somewhat Nerdy website. That's somewhatnerdy.com. You can reach me on Twitter, at BilliamSWN. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com, at BilliamSWN there as well. But let's get on with the show, and let's talk about some Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So I had to see this opening weekend. I really had to. I wasn't able to see it Thursday night because I was closing that night. I was able to see it Friday. Thankfully, my friend Walker went with me because no one else could go. But you know what? I would have gone alone. That's how much I love movies. Because I had been watching the trailer a lot leading up to it. Just because the third trailer was really good. If you haven't seen the third trailer in particular, or you're not sure you have, then I suggest you look it up. And even if you've seen Guardians of the Galaxy already, give it a watch because you will recognize a song that plays in that trailer and you will see why I love that trailer so much. And that's one of the best things about this movie was the trailer. Okay, that isn't as bad as it sounds. Trust me. The trailers got me pumped for this movie, but they didn't spoil the story. When the main bad guy was revealed, I had already assumed as much, but only from educated guesses based on what I learned as the movie was going on, not from what happened in the trailer. And that's rare. That is really rare. 
And the trailers did more than just not tell the whole story. They actually threw some curveballs. So an article I read about the movie talked about what the main plot was, and they were completely wrong. Not their fault, though. This isn't their fault. This was because of the clever advertising behind it, because they tried to put together or piece together what they thought the plot was based off all the trailers that came out, and they were wrong. This is how trailers need to be done. This is Trailer Guy at his best. He showed a lot to get us interested, showed us a lot to let us know that we are going to enjoy ourselves, but he left out enough to surprise us. I was able to go into the movie expecting to have a good time, but was still surprised. When a big reveal happened, I wasn't let down because I saw it coming. The Avengers movies are notorious for doing this, like showing some of the pivotal battle scenes in the trailer. And the battle scenes are so iconic in those movies that if you're familiar enough with movies like this, you will see it and you'll go, okay, that's gonna be in the end. X-Men Age of Apocalypse, a non-Marvel movie, did the same thing. These movies can't help but do it with their trailers. But this one is how you pull off a trailer to whet people's appetite, to make them hungry for a movie and not spoil anything. Sure, there are probably a bunch of people out there who saw the trailers and were able to piece together more than I could have or the people who wrote that article I was talking about could have. But the thing is that my friends and fellow nerds didn't automatically know what was going to happen. And the story was great. We just hit the ground running and get more character building from almost everyone. We know Gamora, we know Nebula, and we know Yondu. And we know them much better in this film. I read that the third film will expand Gamora's character even more. Now, if I remember correctly, Guardians Infinity War isn't going to happen anymore. There was going to be a two-part Infinity War saga, one an Avengers movie, and the next one is going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. As of June 2016, Infinity War is no longer a two-part saga, so we'll be getting a Guardians of the Galaxy 3, or Volume 3, which will be its own story and not watered down by the Avengers. When it comes to Avengers Infinity War, I think it's going to be a beautiful mess. There's going to be so many people in it. You're going to have the Guardians of the Galaxy in it, you're going to have Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. You're, of course, going to have the Avengers. You're going to have Doctor Strange. You're going to have Thanos, Spider-Man, Nick Fury, Winter Soldier, Ant-Man, Black Panther. And those are just the people I pulled randomly off the IMDb page. It's going to be a cluster f but hopefully a wonderful one. And I'm glad that for Guardians 3, we are not going to get the same thing. Unless plans change, unless it changes, we're not going to get the same thing. We're going to get a story that's just going to be the Guardians again on their own adventure. Maybe we'll see a couple phases from, from Infinity War. Maybe we will see the repercussions of Infinity War with them. But we're going to get more character development from these wonderful characters that we love. But back to the story for this movie, uh, the writer and director James Gunn took some very familiar stories, uh, tropes that we are very familiar with, okay, thus, thus tropes, and made something original out of it. It was captivating and a true joy to watch from beginning to end, and it even made me take a feels trip. Hell, more than one feels trip. And the pacing was really well done. There were a lot of action scenes, of course, because this is the Guardians of the Galaxy and they can't 
help but get in trouble. But there were downtimes when they had dramatic scenes, but it never got boring because they did their job. They moved the story along with a dramatic scene here or there, and then it jumped right back into the action. But it didn't feel forced. The transitions came naturally. And I, I believe, I truly believe that James Gunn knew how to handle a sequel. Just because when the movie starts, like I said, they hit the ground running. It just jumps right into it. The beginning of the first movie was great because it teaches us the history of Star-Lord. We learn part of what drives him, but for this movie, we already knew Star-Lord and Gamora, Drax, Groot, Rocket. We knew them. So why introduce us to them again when you just throw us into the fray? You know, I'd sit around and talk about the story a bit more, but I really want to jump into the acting because the acting was fantastic from everyone involved. But I'm not going to bore you with talking about each and every actor. Instead, I want to talk about the people who impressed me and surprised me the most. First up on the list is Sean Gunn, who played Kraglin. And no, it's not a coincidence. He is the brother of director and writer James Gunn. He didn't have a big role but he did have one scene in particular and one line in particular that really grabbed me. If you remember Craglin, he served as comic relief in a movie full of comedy. But in this one, he had a couple, actually a couple scenes where he had to be serious and he did a really good job. And it came out of nowhere because we're expecting comedy from him. We're expecting him to be the goofy sidekick and he just hits us with this emotion. And like I said, I was caught off guard. I'm like, no, no, no. Don't you, don't you get all serious on me, dude. You're supposed to be goofy looking. You're supposed to make me laugh. You stop it. The next person who really impressed me was Amy Pond herself, Karen Gillian. She played Nebula, and if you remember for Nebula from the first one, Karen Gillian is unrecognizable. And I'm not just talking about the extensive makeup and the fact that she's bald. Like I said earlier, she got her character flushed out in this one, and she killed it. I can't wait to see what else she can do because there's no hint of any of her other characters in Nebula. And someone who can transform themselves so well is going to surprise us with a lot more. And in this movie, we see Nebula as a 3D character, not just someone who's evil for the sake of being evil. Michael Rooker as Yondu stood out next. He's always been a good actor, but he had some lines that could have been really, really cheesy, and he saved them. Okay, hell, they were cheesy, but his delivery and emotion behind them transformed the possible melodrama into something very meaningful. If you've seen the first one, well, of course you've seen the first one. If you haven't, why are you listening to this? Turn this off and watch it. Since you saw the first one, you know that there's more to Yondu than meets the eye. This movie capitalizes on the fact that we know this and it flushes him out and turns him into one of my favorite characters in the entire movie. I mean, hell, he's on the cast for Infinity Wars, so we'll see if he impresses us there too. So the final actor I want to talk about, and I sh you not is Dave Batista. I thought about this a lot after I got out of the movie, but he's not the best actor, but he's the best for this role. Drax is a deceivingly difficult character to play. If I remember right, when I wrote the review for Guardians 1, I may have poked fun at him for playing a character who didn't get the subtleties of human interaction. But the more I thought about it, the more impressive that is. A character like that could easily come across as wooden and fake but he brought Drax to life. Since this is a spoiler-free review, I can't really talk about what it was that any of these characters did to impress me so much. I can't be very specific, so I'm gonna have to be vague. Here we go. 
There were two scenes in particular where Drax wasn't being funny and wasn't fighting anyone, where he had to flex his dramatic muscles instead, and I was blown away. It's subtle. And one day, maybe a month after the film comes out to own, I will tell you which scenes impressed me that most and that were truly fantastic. I really hope other directors watch this movie and pay attention to him, just because the only way he's going to get roles where he can expand more and test the boundaries of what he can do is if people give him the chance. And maybe, just maybe, if the right person pays attention to him in this movie, he will get that chance. Let's move on to something that I'm normally really critical about, and that is the CG. I've been asked before by other nerds why I'm so critical of CG, and if you, dear listener, are anything like me, then you'll realize that a lot of movies today, more and more, are relying on computer-generated graphics. And since a lot of these movies, especially big blockbusters, have a lot of graphics in it, then that means if they're subpar, or worse, if they're bad, it'll take away from the movie, it'll take away from the final product. I'm happy to say that Guardians of the Galaxy did a great job. There was only one scene, I think, and, and it's been three days since I've seen the movie, and I can't remember that scene anymore. That's how unimportant, that's how minuscule the problem was. I mean, it did, at the time, take me out of the movie a little bit because I was disappointed. I'm like, oh, that's bad CG. But then I was sucked right back in. That's how captivating the movie is. That's how good this is. Is that little old me, who's usually more critical about things like this, even forgot what the problem was. I've kind of jumped all over the place in this review, and that's because I didn't have anything written down. I just put the mic up, and I just jumped right into it. So that's going to mean a lot of editing and post for me to take out all the oohs and doos and things like that. But let's jump into the next big topic for this review, and that, of course, is the music. Music is always a big part of movies, but unless it's composed by someone like Hans Zimmer, no one really pays attention. But in this case, when they borrow so many songs from already established artists, and even already famous songs, and use them in the movie, you're gonna take notice. The first Guardians of the Galaxy made a lot of these older songs big again, and now we're gonna see the same thing with Guardians Volume 2. Volume 2 had Fleetwood Mac, Sam Cooke, Electric Light Orchestra, Looking Glass, Cheap Trick. Great songs that maybe a lot of us already knew, but would be reminded of it. It's like what the Watch Your Mouth podcast calls gum tracks. That's what the Guardians soundtracks are, is a whole bunch of gum tracks. And just like number one, volume two had the songs at the perfect moments. So when the pivotal scene happened, the chain by Fleetwood Mac started playing, and it was amazing. As for the classical score, I can't really comment on it because I wasn't paying attention, which means it didn't wow me. I just had one minor problem with the movie, and it wasn't even enough to affect my score. It's just that out of all of the stories, the main story and the side stories, there is one side story that I didn't think got fleshed out enough. I still appreciated it, I still really enjoyed it, and it still made me feel feelings. But it could have done so much more. So it didn't fail, per se. It worked. It just could have been better. And that's it. That was really my main gripe with the movie. And it's nothing. It's minuscule. This is still going to get a great score despite that and despite the one part of bad CG. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 was well written, well directed, well acted, well shot. It had a great soundtrack. It was the 
perfect movie. And the sad thing is there's a bunch of people out there who will never give a movie like this a chance because it's a comic book movie. So for those douchebags, it's their loss. For the rest of us, we win because we saw a fantastic movie that was amazing from beginning to end. A movie that didn't fall victim to middle movie syndrome. This is why DC, Sony, and Warner Brothers need to take a page out of Marvel's book. They took characters no one knew about and turned them into household names and made great movies out of them. Yet how many times have they made movies with other characters like Superman, Batman, Fantastic Four, X-Men, Spider-Man that couldn't even hold a candle to these movies with characters that no one knows? Spider-Man, Batman, Superman are household names. Marvel does it right and everyone else needs to follow suit. And Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is proof of that. This is a movie that if you haven't seen, you have to see this in theaters. If you've seen it once, go see it again. It is worth it. This movie took me on an emotional roller coaster that had me laughing one minute and on the verge of tears the next. It's a great example of not just movie making, but storytelling as well. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 gets an 11 out of 11. It is also the second movie of 2017 to make it on the shortlist for movie of the year. So far, the list is made up of your name and, of course, Guardians of the Galaxy. All right, my friends, that is it. That is it for my one shot for movie night number 10, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 review. What did you think? Let me know in the comments. Did this freeform style work or do you like it better when I write out my entire review and then just ad lib off of it? So tell me which one you prefer. Please don't forget to check out my weekly podcast, Future Flicks with Billiam, dropping every Wednesday or Thursday. But here is the closing housekeeping. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Tumblr, YouTube, and any podcast listening app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That's somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I'd love five stars. I'd love a comment. Tell me what you think. Tell me what I'm doing right. Tell me what I need to improve on. How do you reach me? Great question. Leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or the Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter. I'm at BilliamSWN. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Instagram, Tumblr, both BilliamSWN there as well. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Square Circle podcast also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. And two other podcasts I love, the Watch Your Mouth podcast, a great swearity, and the Uncork Gamers, which I guest star on from time to time. Don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy site for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off. I'll see you in the future. Imagine yourself on a journey with the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast. The bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Nerds of the Squared Circle on somewhatnerdy.com. 
Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! Yeah! Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds in the Square Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com.